God dang you have Japanese girls Do it to me every time Oh, the redhead said you shred the cello And I'm jello, baby But you won't talk, won't look, won't think of me I'm the epitome a public enemy Why you wanna go and do me like that? Come down on the street and dance with me I'm alive like you So please, hello I'm here I'm waiting I think I'd be good for you and you You'd be good for me El Scorcho Welcome back to the podcast I'm your host as always the one and only Chris Arneson. Um, I'm sure there's... Actually, I, I remember growing up, there was another kid in the school district named... With the exact same name as me. Christopher Arneson. And I never met that kid. But I always wondered. I always wondered about him. Like, that's a very unique name, I thought. I think Arneson's a pretty, it's a pretty unique name. I believe it's a Norwegian last name. I think it's actually pretty popular in the Midwest. Like Minnesota, Minnesota, where the Arneson family reunion was back in August 2016. I think it's a pretty popular name there. Uh, South Dakota, where my grandma lives, Grandma Doreen, over in Rapid City, Wisconsin, Skansen. I think Arneson's more popular name over there. And Tyler Arneson is a professional, he's an NHL player. I remember remember that name. I, I think he was playing for the Colorado Rapids, maybe? But we were watching, a, I think I was watching a game with my dad. We saw his name on TV. We were like, what? What's going on here? We got super excited. <laughs> and oh, we also saw a guy for the Wisconsin Badgers. Yeah, speaking of Wisconsin. I think he was a tight end or something. His last name was Arneson. So there you go. There's some Arneson history for you. Thank you so much for joining me. And thanks for tuning into the show. Sharing it with friends and family. Spreading the good word. And and all that jazz. Uh, Before we get into Brad Pitt's IMDb. I'm going to do the Mariners update. Which we do each and every episode. Seattle Mariners. My favorite professional baseball team. They lost. They fell to the mighty New York Yankees in the Bronx. The Bronx at the new Yankee Stadium 3-1 to yesterday. And today, they go on to play the Yankees' rival, the, their arch-rival, the Boston, the Sox, in Fenway Park. So that's 4-10, and it's 2.31 p.m. right now, so... Yeah, we'll see if we're still recording then. We'll check in on that as as it goes. Let's do the NBA update, shall we? Uh, yesterday, two Game 7s were forced. This is pretty exciting. The Sixers still have a chance. Because I picked the Sixers in that series against the Raptors. I picked the Sixers to win. 
And um, when I repicked the playoffs, because originally I had the Brooklyn Nets in the finals, and that's the team that the Sixers beat in the first round. <laughs> so, and then second game, Blazers, Portland Blazers beat the Nuggets and forced game seven. And I picked the Blazers in that series. So that's going to be exciting. On Sunday, there's going to be two game sevens on Sunday. So I'm sure this is really exciting for all you people listening to this podcast 10 years in the year 2028. But <laughs> you're like, yeah, I already know that the Warriors won in 2019. Although that's not, it's not a foregone conclusion anymore. Going into the playoffs, Everyone thought for sure it's going to be uh, Golden State years uh, there. <laughs> Golden State year for sure. But Kevin Durant, Durantula, Slim Reaper, just went down with a calf injury. So I think he's, I'm not sure if he's out for the rest of the playoffs, but let's see. We'll check on that. But anyway, the Warriors still won that game that Durant got injured in. So they play tonight at 6 o'clock in Houston, and we'll see if Houston can force a game 7. Let's see about the Durant injury. Uh, Durant. Is Durant going to be out? Um, oh, he's going to be, it's a mild strain on his right calf, and he's expect expected to be reevaluated next week. According to a league source, no name, anonymous. So, yeah, I guess he's not going to be out for the whole playoffs. That's good news for Golden State. Good news for Silicon Valley. Alrighty, let's get out of the NBA. That's your NBA update. So, Golden State and Houston play tonight at 6. Mariners play at 4. Let's get into Brad Pitt, why don't we? So we left off on Seven, the movie Seven. The year was 1995. Mills was his character. All right, actually, before before we get into that, let's do a couple more things. This is in honor of Brad Pitt, actually, because even though we do it every episode, he's uh, he's especially known for his prolific eating habits in movies, in the film, on the cinema. So, I'm going to read a few uh, episodes, recipes, from Cooking the Fast Way, the Maywood recipe book, in honor of Brad Pitt, because he probably wants to eat all this food in in his movies. (laughs) I wonder if Brad Pitt is like a big cook, or like a foodie, or, I don't know, because it's kind of a stereotype of his, that he's, he's always eating in his movies, so maybe he's a big foodie or something. I don't know. I'd like to see a Brad Pitt show on like the Food Network. <laughs> I don't know why, but he could. I feel like he'd be at the beach. He'd like he'd be surfing and making food at the beach, making grilling hot dogs at the beach, just drinking beer and grilling hot dogs, <laughs> and then that's that would be. <laughs> His food show, it'd be called, what would it be called? <laughs> uh, sandals, 
<laughs> sand dogs. Sand dogs. There we go. <laughs> uh, hot sand dogs. Hot sand dogs. All right. Dawn's Harvest Pork Roast. And this is by Carrie Ames. Should be called Carrie's Harvest Pork, pork Roast, but... I don't know. Maybe she has a low self-esteem or something. I'll I'll call it Carrie's Harvest Pork Roast. Ingredients, two pounds of pork tenderloin, fat trimmed, two tablespoons of canola oil, three cups of apple juice, three Granny Smith apples sliced, one cup of fresh cranberries, three quarters teaspoons of salt, one half teaspoons of black pepper, and your directions... Brown roast on all sides in skillet in canola oil. Place in slow cooker. Add remaining ingredients. Cover and cook on low for six to eight hours. So let's just come back to that. We'll come back to another recipe in the in the meantime. But um, let's do this photo. Let's talk about the episode image. It's a 2007 Midwest baseball trip that I went on with cousin Matt and grandma Doreen so the top left picture you can also uh, look at this picture on my Instagram at Chris Arneson 8 so check that out it's also the episode image for the podcast so top left it's grandma Doreen is on the left there I'm in the middle wearing the rocking the Cleveland Indians cap and Matt is on the right, rocking the New York Mets hats and the Chicago Cubs shirt. And that was at, yeah, that that's at Wrigley Field. So we're pretty far back there. As you can see, you can't even see the field. Uh, we're pretty, pretty far close to the top. We were sitting, let's see, first baseline. Yeah, kind of close to the, definitely in foul territory. But I think we're pretty close to the foul pole over there the right field foul pole and the top right picture oh that's cook county hospital that is er that old tv show i never watched it my mom i think my mom was a fan of that show george clooney uh we should have done this in the george clooney episode but i guess going chronologically with these photos in this old-timey photo album that I'm using. <laughs> it looks like it's a, a prop in a movie. It just says photos on the front of this photo album. But, um, yeah, I was too excited, and we were doing chronological, so I guess I couldn't wait. And I don't, uh, Sorry for the spoiler alert, and uh, sorry if you're listening, George Clooney, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not going to do a George Clooney episode Anytime in the near future, but we'll get to that sometime. But we have to we have to do these these photos right now. So that's why we're doing the Cook County Hospital picture right there. Looks like a man. It looks like a big cathedral or like a church or something. Notre Dame, <laughs> Notre Dame Cathedral. It's just non fire. That's the only difference, man. Hmm. But it's. It's um pretty beautiful. It's I don't know, tan and 
The windows are kind of greenish. There's a big statue in the front that you can't really see what it is. So yeah, that's a good picture there. Uh, blue sign says Cook County Hospital. It looks like the picture was taken from, it was definitely taken from the car. Just a drive-by pick. And the bottom right picture, we're going clockwise here. That's me and cousin Matt. I'm wearing my Brewers, gray Brewers shirt, Milwaukee Brewers. And he's wearing his uh, gray Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings shirt. So we're dueling gray t-shirts and standing in front of Lake Michigan, just right on the shore there, about five feet from the lake. And you got the downtown Chicago in the background. Pretty cool picture. Bunch of boats in the background. I like it. And um, oh, the one thing I do remember about that lake is the color of the water. It's just enchanting. That's it's <laughs> like the only word I could think to describe it. It's just so. I just want to dive in there, and I don't know if you are supposed to swim in. Actually, yeah, I'm. I'm sure people swim in Lake Michigan. Excuse me, we didn't swim in it, but I don't remember really seeing people swim in it. I'm sure people do, though. It doesn't really look that dirty. It's not like the Puget Sound or something over by Seattle. But the waters, the color, it looks like it's a pastel, like a pastel painting or a watercolor painting, maybe. <laughs> That would make sense if it was watercolor. Uh, it's turquoise. It's just, that's the the main word, the main color I would use to describe it is turquoise. It's very green. It's almost more green than blue. Like, it kind of reminds me of, like, St. Paddy's Day, when they do, like, the green beer. Or that might be from a Simpsons episode. Oh, what Simpsons? That can be the Simpsons episode for this installment of A Star is Born. Since each each episode that, that I can remember to, I do the a different episode of The Simpsons, which was my favorite show of all time growing up. Not anymore, but back in the day, I loved The Simpsons. Used to watch that all the time with my brother. My brother... Brought, he bought so many of those DVDs. Like, we had season two through, like, 12. I think my parents probably bought a lot of them for, like, presents. But I think my brother bought a few, too. And we also had the Treehouse of Horror special, uh, DVD special, and also a Christmas, like, Christmas episodes, which were some really funny ones. But the Green Beer episode, that's Homer versus the, what's it, the 18th Amendment? That's um, Prohibition. That's when they reenact Prohibition in Springfield. And uh, they start running like a secret bar. So that's a really funny episode, actually. I think it's a pretty old one, too. Probably, if I had to guess, I'm not going to look it up too lazy to look it up. I think it's fourth season or so, around there, around the fourth season. Really early for Simpsons, since 
That show's been going for over 30 seasons now, and it's no sign of stopping. The finish line is not in sight. Um, all right, the last picture here, bottom left picture. It's my cousin and I, we're both wearing our Cubs shirts. Also, this is before or after the Cubs game. And we are standing in front of Harry Carey. Harry Carey. <laughs> See, I'm, I have to say the name of the person when I do an impression. Just so you know who they are. Because I'm not very good at impressions, so I make sure to say the name of the person while I'm doing it. Just to... Uh, because I'm helping out you. I'm helping out the listener. You, you the listener. <laughs> um, yeah, we're in front of the Harry Carey statue. The old Cubs announcer. I think he started as the St. Louis Cardinals announcer. The arch rival of the Chicago Cubs. Man, that's, that's like Babe Ruth. Going from the Red Sox to the Yankees. Except he's not a player. But still. I think Harry Carey's a Hall of Famer. I'm sure he's a... He's in Cooperstown. I bet his plaque's in Cooperstown. Man. I was just thinking of last episode when I was talking about all the steroids guys. They should all get in. That's what I said. All, All the steroids guys should get into the MLB Hall of Fame. Because you got to include all that history. Like a hundred years from now, people are going to be wondering. It'd be weird if a bunch of, if you just went like a bunch of years and only a few guys got into the Hall of Fame. People would have some questions, you know. Hmm. (laughs) They have to acknowledge it somehow. I don't know. But Harry Carey, yeah, you have to be a really good announcer to be in the Hall of Fame. Like only a few of those. What? I'm sure Joe Buck will be one. Jack Buck, his dad. I'm sure he's a Hall of Famer. I don't think Dave Niehaus is a MLB Hall of Famer. The old Mariners announcer. He's definitely in the Mariners Hall of Fame. But let me check on that one. But a funny thing of this picture is if you're looking at, if you can't see the picture, I'll describe it for you. There's a couple walking in front of us. Um, looks like a just a classic. Oh my gosh, Dave Niehaus is in the Hall of Fame. 2008. He got... Oh wait, is he in the Hall of Fame? He got the Ford Frick Award, which is the highest honor for American baseball broadcasters in 2008. But did he get in the Hall of Fame? I don't think he did. I would have said. Um, nah, I don't think he did. Ford Frick Award. Does that mean he got into the Hall of Fame? Hmm. I think it's just an award that they give each year. Let's see who's gotten it. Yeah, it's just some random people. Bob Costas got in 2018. All right. I don't think... No, so Dave Niehaus is not in the MLB Hall of Fame. Line down the left field line base head. Round third goes Junior. 
That's the greatest play in Mariners history right there. Edgar Martinez, double, 1995. ALDS. That? I think that was... Yeah, that was against the Yankees, who we just played. Alrighty. So this picture, I'm describing the guy now. The I'm describing this, this hipster couple in front of us. The guy's wearing plaid shorts and a matching plaid beret and a shirt that says Wook Out. So I think is that like a Star Wars reference? I think that's a Star Wars reference. Wookie? Wookies? Wook Out. But there's a picture of a guy holding a guitar on his t-shirt and then his girlfriend is just wearing like all black with a gray undershirt and um yeah they totally <laughs> i don't know i don't know why how how is this a picture that made it into our photo album like oh like i said oh uh, i think we must have been using those disposable cameras perhaps my, that must be the explanation i think my grandma was using one of those disposable cameras that you turn into costco so you can't look at your pictures until it's too late. So that's kind of a roll of dice. But I, I like the, what's the one called? Shake it like a Polaroid. Shake it like a Polaroid picture. <laughs> Get loosey loose. That's how I remembered it. That's how I remember Polaroid is that Outcast song. Um, no, not the Outcast song. Who? Wait, I I sung that. Hey ya, is that Outcast? That's Outcast, right? Hey ya, yeah, it's Outcast. Um, yeah, I like Polaroids. I like how old timey they look. Oh, I love just the idea of like you have to work to to earn your picture. You know, put in that extra work. I just saw Pete Davidson's Instagram. <laughs> Such a random. <laughs> Uh, but all his pictures were Polaroids. All the pictures on his Instagram were just in Polaroid format. I liked. I was like, that's pretty cool. Hey, I like that. All right. All right. So that's your Midwest baseball trip photos. Let's read another recipe for Brad Pitt. Let's find a good one. Ooh, here's one. Camp Time Goulash. No author. No one to give credit to for this one. Here's your ingredients. One to one and a half pounds of ground beef. Black pepper. Garlic salt or garlic powder. One can cream of mushroom soup. One can cream of chicken soup. Three cups of rice boiled. Chopped jalapeno pepper to liking. And directions, brown and drain ground beef in a large skillet. Stir in rice, cream of chicken, and cream of mushroom soup. Add garlic salt and black pepper to taste and jalapeno to liking. Heat on low heat, simmer until soup has heated well or about 25 to 30 minutes. Stir continually to help keep from sticking. Serve hot, a fast and easy meat dish.
Bada bing, bada boom. I like the phrase, chopped jalapeno pepper to liking. You don't hear that one that often anymore. Like, to, to liking. What? <laughs> I've never heard anyone say that. Just, like, in a sentence. Can I, can you just... <laughs> Put about as much ranch dressing on there to liking as you would like. And it doesn't make any... It sounds like you're at a like tea time in England. You're proper. Being proper. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know what I was talking about there. It's okay. It's okay. Bounce back. They're not all home runs. Sometimes you try to bunt and you pop out to the catcher. You know? Alright. So after seven... There's another number movie. That'd be funny if Brad Pitt told his agent that he'd only do movies with numbers in them. That'd be a weird thing to have in your claws. <laughs> or a, a weird claws. A Brad Claus. Santa's brother. Alright, 12 Monkeys. Jeffrey Goins is his character. 1995. What was this one about? I haven't seen this one either. Just like I haven't seen seven. 129 minutes. Wow, it's a long one. Rated R, mystery, sci-fi, thriller. In a future world devastated by disease, decease, a convict is sent back in time to gather information about the man-made virus that wiped out most of the human population on the planet. Oh, wow. Sounds like it's ahead of his time. Uh, 1996, Sleepers, plays Michael. Um, <clears throat> 97, The Devil's Own, Rory Devaney, slash Francis Austin McGuire. Why does he need five names? He's <laughs> five names. Rory Devaney, Francis Austin McGuire. So many names. 1997. See what I said about the numbers clause? The Brad clause? This is the Brad clause again. He plays Heinrich Herrera in Seven Years in Tibet. 1997. Gosh, another one. So, so picky, that Brad Pitt. <laughs> What's he doing? Meet Joe Black. I've heard this one. Sounds like, just reminds me of the, the announcer, Joe Buck. Joe Black, Joe Buck, Joe Jack Black. Now we'll do Jack Black episodes soon. Uh, meet Joe Black. Joe Black slash Young Man in Coffee Shop, nineteen ninety eight. How can you play two different people like that? He's the main character, but also a random person in a coffee shop. Interesting. It's a hundred seventy eight minutes. Pretty much three hours. PG-13, drama, fancy, romance. Let's see what's about. Death, who takes the form of young man, Brad Pitt, asks a media mogul, mogul, Sir Anthony Hopkins, to act as a guide to teach him about life on Earth, and in the process he falls in love with his guide's daughter, Claire Forlani. 
Sir Anthony Hopkins. But then it's just listed as Anthony Hopkins in his IMDb. So that's that's kind of funny how in the biography, in the plot description here, they'd go, they'd go all proper. Sir Anthony Hopkins, Sir Paul McCartney. Um, I've never heard of Claire Forlani either. What's she in? Let's see what Claire Forlani is in. Uh, this oh Mystery Men. Good movie. Talked about it in the Ben Stiller episode. Which one was that? That was that was a while ago. That was like episode sixteen. So meet Joe Black. Reminds me of Collateral Beauty, that Will Smith episode, where he gets letters from like death and love and beauty and hate and like all these different emotions. And like Ed Norton and <laughs> Helen Mirren. <laughs> um, yeah, it kind of reminds me of that. How Brad Pitt is playing death. Also, like uh, Adam Carolla in Family Guy. He plays death. Speaking of death, here's some dead people in this movie. It's one of the DVDs. Let's go over Shifting from Brad Pitt. Sorry for the abrupt segue. But speaking of death, this is a movie about death. Or should I say the dead more accurately? Uh, it's from my DVD collection that I got from my parents. They are moving to Spokane next month across the state of Washington. And they whittled down their all their DVDs into two giant cardboard boxes. These are mostly from the shelf in the TV room. The old TV room. Classic. Um, I'm looking at this picture. I'll have to describe this this picture later. It's what I got for graduation. Sorry to... (laughs) I'm once again segueing away from the DVD. But this picture... It's actually a collection of pictures. I got it as a gift for high school graduation. And I just have it taped up on my wall right now. And I'm looking at it. And I'll have to post, I'll have to post a picture of it um, on Instagram for y'all to look at. At Chris Arneson 8. But there's a picture in the bottom left. And it's all neon. Uh, me and my buddy JJ, Jordan Johnson... Steven Peterson, Stinky Pete, and Brian McAfee, (laughs) B-Mac. So we all had nicknames. And then I was Sarge. (laughs) And I'm, uh, yeah, I'm wearing a pink neon shirt. I'm wearing sunglasses indoors, like Jack Nicholson at a Lakers game. Uh, Neon green headband. Uh, Neon wristbands. And we are in my living room. And, yeah, the thing that astonished me about this picture is that I did not remember, I totally forgot that we used to have a TV room, or or a TV room, a TV in this room. Not only did we have a TV room off to the side, but we also had the living room, which is where this picture was taken, uh, which also had a nice, nice big old... It's actually an old flat screen TV, if that makes any sense. You know how 
Let's see. Get some water from my Mercury cup here. 20 year anniversary of Mercury. Mercury coffee in Woodinville. Woodinville, Washington. All right, that's good. But yeah, it's probably a flat, a flat screen TV from the year like 2005 or something. No, I'm not that old. That was an exaggeration. More like 2008. But still, that's an old flat screen. And it's, it's kind of bulky. It's, it's just big and silver and probably like a 50-incher. But I remember I watched the, the TV show that I watched the most in that living room was probably Glee. That was back when I, I used to love that show. The old... The old musical, <laughs> the old, <laughs> what is this, like high school musical? I never saw that movie. My sister, it's probably one of her favorite movies. What, Zac Efron, right? But Glee, Glee was a great show. I loved that show. Back probably junior year and senior year of high school. I was a huge fan back in the day. And I remember my buddy Alex Buss. <laughs> uh, who's also ties in because he was one of my chums in accounting um, I'll talk about that in a second but he he lent me the the DVDs for Glee and yeah that's back it was still going on Fox I don't know if that show's is that show still on TV now oh, it must have came to an end but what Finn? He died in real life. The name I can't remember the name of the actor, but I think he died of a, like a drug overdose or something. Um, yeah, too, that's too bad. But Corey, Corey Monteith, I believe is the actor's name. But I love Glee. That was a great show. I love it when there's like Finn, uh, the guy who died. He was, I think he was a quarterback. And, yeah, kind of, kind of remind me of, like, Varsity Blues meets High School Musical meets Friday Night Lights. I mean, definitely not, like, not as dark or extreme as Friday Night Lights. But Glee's a fun show. I definitely recommend it. I think it's on Netflix. So check that out. Add it to your Netflix queue. But like I said, Alex Buss was one of my chums, and this was accounting. So back in the day, I took two years of accounting in high school, which is weird because my sister was the one that became the accountant. <laughs> that's not, that sounds like I planned that joke, but I wasn't even. That's not even a joke. That's that's the truth right there. I took two years of accounting. Mr. Lee, uh, Mr. Lee was a great teacher, uh, he was so nice, but I remember his, when he got angry, or I would see his frustration kind of boiling up, like, in his forehead, like, his veins would kind of get, like, pop up in his, in his forehead, and, like, on his, (laughs) like, on his neck, like, you could see his, like, you know how some people are a little veinier than others? They look like they're always about to 
about to freak out or just start yelling or something. But maybe that's just how some people are. Um, maybe this they just drew the short straw, the short genetic straw <laughs> when it comes to veiny, veiny faces. Because it's not that it doesn't look bad or anything, but it just looks like you're angry <laughs> or hangry. But Mr. Lee was awesome. I like Mr. Lee. He's a really good teacher. Super nice. Like, probably the nicest teacher I ever had. Just always willing to go the extra mile. Just help you learn something. Or just also um, very involved in extracurricular stuff. Because he was the president of the FBLA club. Future Business Leaders of America. And that's where the chums really were born, actually. That's the, let me give you the chum origin story. Even though I don't like superhero movies, like I've said. <laughs> and origin stories is, that's the name of the game in those movies. But I, they kind of, they can't copyright origin stories, you know? I can tell origin story, it doesn't have to be ending the superhero and then someone flying off flying off through Mount Rushmore <laughs> away from Nicolas Cage as he searches for lost treasure inside the mountain national treasure one of my favorite movie franchises but anyway Mr. Lee is the president FBLA we had what, what was this it was like a special convention. Well, we went to a convention center in Seattle. And it was some sort of FBLA convention, like Northwest Regional um, kind of conference, if you will. I think there were some competitions as well. And yeah, that's where... what? How did Chums get started? I don't really remember. It was... Let's see, who, who are the chums, first of all? It's kind of a, just a group of buddies, I guess. Me and Bus, Alex Bus, Sam Peckin, who's a year younger than us, uh, Robbie Kiernan, and I think that's it. I think that's just us four. And, um, yeah, because we were all in FBLA. And I think we all did accounting, um, it was me, Bus, and Robbie, and then Laura Gerber in Accounting 200, and that was in the middle room. So <laughs> Accounting 100 was in the main room, and then Accounting 200 was us four in like the middle room, and then, what was it, DECA? DECA is like the counterpart to FBLA. It's the marketing group. But their marketing class was on the other side. So we were sandwiched in between the marketing class and the accounting class. And um, yeah, that's where I first watched Pursuit of Happiness. I think it's The Pursuit of Happiness. If we're going to go full title, specific full title, Douglas Movies Rules. Um, no sound. I didn't hear any of the movie because we were in the center room. And the marketing class was watching it. So it looks so sad, though. Man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That movie, 
I do not even want to watch it because it's just going to make me cry or something. For sure. Will Smith. I think Will Smith should rock the mustache again. That's a good look for him. Uh, very distinguished look. And um, Word with Friends. That Remember that old app? It was like this application. <laughs> say the whole, say application instead of app. Um, yeah, it was this application on your phone, on your telephone, your portable telephone. And yeah, this was probably 2010, 2009, 2010. So that's back when Words with Friends was a big thing. I'm trying to think of other apps that were popular at the time. But it's hard to... I wasn't a big app person. Like, I didn't play a lot of games. So, I don't play many games. I did play Words with Friends, though. That was the one... That was the one I, I really did get into. And then Fruit Ninja, of course. We played a ton of Fruit Ninja back there, actually. In that middle room. But I loved being in that center room. Because we had no teacher. We just... Us four... We just taught each other, basically. It was like being homeschooled, but but then your mom or dad just watched TV the whole time, and then <laughs> you just sat at the kitchen table and did your homework. But I like, I mean, I liked having teachers. Like, it's good to get direction and that kind of stuff, leadership. Um, I think we actually learned more sometimes just having to figure it out on ourselves, by ourselves. And then we could always ask a question of Mr. Lee if we really needed to. But I think just trying to figure it out by yourself or as a group versus the teacher just telling you everything, it's kind of a different kind of uh, learning style. But I think it was pretty effective. Maybe not that effective, though, because I didn't become an accountant, so <laughs> maybe it didn't work that well. My sister was the one that, like I said, I've already said that. <laughs> I just keep repeating it. Um, let's do another recipe in honor of the one and only Brad Pitts. Uh, let's do this one, Hobo Dinner. Um, Man, this is controversial name. I, you can tell that this recipe book wasn't written in 2019 problematic as people would say they they'd be like what do you mean hobo what do you mean hobo dinner you mean homeless person dinner is what it's more proper way of saying it probably so i'll say (laughs) um homeless person dinner i guess train uh train rider (laughs) train hopper dinner Ingredients, one pound of ground beef, two medium potatoes quartered, one medium onion quartered, two or more carrots sliced, two tablespoons of butter, salt and pepper. Shape beef into two patties. Place patties under aluminum foil. Top with potatoes, onions, and carrots. Season with butter, salt, and pepper. Wrap tightly and bake at 350 degrees for about one hour. Very good. Oh, I think I almost tilted over. <laughs> I was putting my water down there. I snuck a sip of water and I almost tilted over in my chair. <laughs> that would have been 
good pod right there. I mean, even though it's audio only, it still would have been funny to listen to. You definitely would have heard it. Alright, so there's that. Oh yeah, back to the FPLA story. So, we were at some sort of, I think we had just gone to Starbucks. It's kind of a Seattle stereotype. But we were definitely, we were all hopped up on coffee. All caffeinated. And just, excuse me, I remember just walking on the sidewalk and one of us mentioned, I can't remember who it was, like I want to take credit for it, but I can't for sure say that it was me, so I'm not going to take credit for it. One of us said that like, we're all just a bunch of chums, and then, <laughs> and then the whole day, the rest of the day, we just kept saying, every time we would look at each other, we'd just be like, we'd yell, chums, and then put our, like yell, and then like pump uh, fist pump, <laughs> to like a quick, a quick fist pump, um, but yeah, that was, that kind of repetition, you know, repetition is comedy, something, uh, I've heard, but we didn't even, we weren't thinking in that manner necessarily, we were just doing it because it was fun, it was, <laughs> it was making the boring day, oh, we were all dressed up, I remember, just, Wearing a, not a tie, I doubt, maybe I was wearing a tie though, but I probably didn't tie it though, because that's one of my down, man, I could probably look it up on YouTube, but I could not, I haven't worn a tie for years, so it's tough to say if I even know how to tie one. Mr. Lee, in his classes, as a part of his class, you had to learn how to tie a tie. So I definitely learned. I knew at one point. But I think it's a little different than learning how to ride a bike. Because learning how to ride a bike, you can come back 20 years later. I think you can do it still. Um, I don't think you're going to just run right through a fence. <laughs> but I, don't, I definitely do not know how to tie a tie, though. You can't just come back willy-nilly and do it but yeah that's how the FBLA chums were born chums and um yeah Zombieland that's the movie that's the movie I was talking about in my DVD collection Woody Harrelson Jesse Eisenberg Emma Stone Emma Stone Abigail Breslin Superbad meets Shaun of the Dead says Brad Miska of bloodydisgusting.com sounds like a gross porn website <laughs> oh no the funniest comedy since the hangover Kyle Smith of the New York Post sounds like a gross porn website what <laughs> no. New York Post is that the one that's oh, I do not know my New York newspapers is that the one with like page six and all the tabloids? I think it might be. Nerdy college student Columbus, played by Jesse Eisenberg, has survived the plague that has turned mankind into flesh-devouring zombies because he's scared of just about everything. 
gun-toting, twinkie-loving, Tallahassee Woody Harrelson has no fears. And that's kind of the joke. I did not get this joke at the time, but when I learned, when I learned this fact, I did get it. That twinkie-loving, why is that a joke? Because twinkies are known to last for years. Like they don't go bad. They don't expire. So this is supposed to be kind of a post-apocalyptic world. I think that's that's what the joke is. This this food has not gone bad. Twinkies. <laughs> Which are gross. Twinkies are gross. I don't I don't know. Sorry if you like Twinkies, but they're definitely not good for you. I mean they might taste good. Oh yeah, I bet if I had a Twinkie right now, I would not be saying it was gross. I'm sure I would love it, but I'm sure I wouldn't love it if I looked at how much sugar was in it. <laughs> I'm not I'm not one of those people that doesn't eat any sugar, but I try to limit my sugar intake though. It's it's smart. I think I mean whenever I listen to a podcast, I mean, like 10% of podcasts you listen to, they're going to start talking about nutrition. And then they start talking about either going vegan or not eating sugar anymore. Um, Yeah, keto, that stuff too. Remember Brian Redman went keto? Yeah. (laughs) Joe Rogan doesn't eat factory meat, I just heard him say. He only eats... Uh, stuff he shoots like deer, elk, all that stuff. That's crazy. I've never been hunting. I don't know if I have. I don't know if I have like the steady hand for. I don't know. I'd be interested to go tag along on a hunting trip to see what it looks like because I've never even been close to that kind of stuff. I would like to see someone shoot a bow and arrow, just take down a moose or something. But I would like, I mean, that'd be cool to do it myself, of course. I'm sure it takes lots of practice, but that'd be a cool hobby to learn. I think I'd, I'd go fishing. I would rather learn how to fish than hunt. It's a little less pressure for me, you know, a little more low key. You don't have to hold a gun or a bow and arrow. You don't have to hold a weapon. It's just a fishing rod. Just a weapon for a fish, which is the bait. It's a trick, actually. You trick them. Trick them into biting on the bait. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's no joke there. <laughs> right? I think that's funny. That's kind of cruel. Fishing is a cruel sport. Because hunting is one... Hunting is like, okay. Like I'm not one of those PETA people or whatever, who complains about hunting, but fishing is, that's kind of like a mousetrap in the sea, in the water, you're just tricking those fishies, they don't know no better, but it's, it's I mean, whatever, it's a doggy dog, doggy dog world, but <laughs> I don't eat dogs, so that's, that's where I draw the line, that's, that's, I've never, maybe, if, where do they eat dogs, like, China, probably, right? Um, if I went to China, would I eat dog? Would you? It's like when in Rome, you know? Do you do it just because you're there? I'd have to really think about it. 
that'd be such an interesting thing to think about. I don't, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I'll have to, I'll get back to you guys on whether I would, I mean, right now I'm leaning towards no. Because <laughs> I just looked at a picture, I just looked at the frame picture of my dog, Athena, who died in August. Nah, I wouldn't eat it. Athena. <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> Unless I was like Leo in The Revenant. If I was in some sort of frozen tundra situation. Maybe around Green Bay, frozen tundra. I don't know. If I had to, you know. Only if I had to to, to survive, then I would, of course. But people do some crazy stuff to survive. You don't know what you would do to survive till you come to that point. <laughs> I just turned into like the rock. Just, oh, what would you do to survive? Um, Twinkies. Yeah, pretty gross. In the same in the Twinkie ballpark, I enjoy Krispy Kremes. Krispy Kreme donuts. I love those. I would eat definitely eat those instead of Twinkies. And maple bars. I also like maple bars. But, oh, I think let's go over some of my favorite candies. We might as well. I'm just going to search. Let's see. Just while we're while we're talking, we're talking candy. Let's, let's go over some favorite candies, why don't we? Um, Tallahassee. I like how his name, Woody Harrelson's name is Tallahassee. It's funny. Uh, popular, popular candies. Popular candy. So we got, we're not talking uh, candy bars. So I've always, I've already talked about my favorite candy bars. Actually, I, I will. First I'll do candy bars, then we'll go right with candies. <laughs> Just because I do like candies. I have quite the sweet tooth, as y'all probably know. Milky Way, I'm just naming some of them. Milky Way is pretty good. Snickers is a good one. Three Musketeers. Um... This is probably good pod. This is good pod right here. I love Whoppers. That's not a candy bar, but malted chocolate. Oh my goodness. Love Whoppers. I also love malted milk. It's not a candy, but I mean, because Whoppers are malted. They're malted milk balls. So, yeah, that's what I would definitely recommend. You guys should... You should try a malted milkshake, like a chocolate malted milkshake. So good, kind of old-fashioned that you get at like a 1950s diner. That is what we had. Speaking of the 2016 Minnesota family reunion, there was a diner there. There was like an old-fashioned 50s, not really a diner, but a little ice cream shop. And it had the sort of diner vibe, sort of the Pulp Fiction meets Seinfeld. But it was, it was cool. I like, that's another thing I love is, uh, what do you call it? Homemade ice cream. Just so much better than regular ice cream. Um, let's see some other, let's get a list. I need a list of popular, oh, Ranker. Okay, Ranker. Okay, um, I just want to find, Ranker is just listed alphabetically here, 
Why would you go alphabetical? Ranker. Ranker. I like sweet tarts. I like, oh, candy corn's a controversial one. Uh, I do not, I'm not a fan of candy corn. Only the first handful of candy corn. That's all I can eat is that first handful. Because after that, it's overkill. It's too much of that weird artificial kind of flavor. Ah, Reese's. Love Reese's. Oh, which one do I like better? Peanut butter cups or Reese's Pieces? Reese's Pieces. I I would go... Oh my gosh, that's such a tough one. I like the... I would go mini peanut butter cups. The, the tiny ones. You can... Oh, the best. This isn't Reese's. But Trader Joe's. They have... It's kind of a Reese's knockoff. And they have these mini Reese's peanut butter cups. Oh, they were on uh, Todd Glass was addicted to him on Getting Dug With High. On the episode, the episode that I worked of that show back in September 2015. <laughs> I'm just thinking of Todd, Todd Glass ate about half of that container. And I don't blame him. Those are delicious. He was also eating a bunch of the the little Twizzler bites. But I prefer Red Vines. I like Red Vines to Twizzlers. If I get one of those giant, you know the big tub, the Red Vines tub? That thing will, I go through that thing way too fast. Probably only a week I'll make it through that thing. <laughs> Which is definitely not healthy. Airheads? Ooh, Airheads are really good. What's my favorite Airhead? Blue. Blue's a good one. Cherry's a good one. Red. Green's a good one, too. Nerd. Nerd Rope. I like Nerd Rope a lot more than Nerds. Um, There's some candies. That's some candy for you. Not a big fan of Skittles. I don't like chewy stuff. Or hard candies. Anything that's tough on your teeth, I'm not a big fan of. Like, gobstoppers are too hard. Um, Butterfinger candy bars, delicious. Do like that. I do like that. All right, that's enough candy talk. <laughs> and that's candy talk. A new segment. No, we won't do that. Each, each, each and every episode, just talk about candy. Nah, that's all right. Um, let's play here. Together, this is the rest of the uh, zombie land. Together, they are about to stare down their most horrifying challenge yet, each other's company. Emma Stone and Abigail Breslin co-star in this double-hitting, head-smashing comedy. Yeah, I love this movie. Let's see, Rotten Tomato score. I'm gonna go... 92. That's a good one. Not quite as good as... Ferris Bueller and Fever Pitch, but definitely up there. Definitely up there. Zombieland. Oh, I just like the beginning of it when they're listing the rules. The rules of what to do when you see a zombie. And I also, I think the fast zombies, the zombies that run, just so much scarier 
than the Walking Dead zombies. Those those slow, just <laughs> the you know the tortoise versus the zombie land rabbit, Easter Bunny rabbit. <laughs> but yeah, it just makes them so much scarier when they can just Usain Bolt right at right at you. You know, and even at the beginning of Zombieland, there's like the, that like 300 pound, the giant dude, the giant zombie, and he's chasing Columbus. Ooh, that sounds like a good rom-com from the late 90s, chasing Columbus. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I crack myself up. You gotta, you gotta crack yourself up. But, yeah, the 300-pound zombie, the giant dude, he runs like a 4-3-40. This dude is fast. My dude is cooking. But that's way scarier. I don't get... What's the point of the Walking Dead zombies? How are they scary? Are they supposed to be scary? Or is that a thing? I don't know. All right. I think now's a good time for a little break ski I'm gonna go refill my water and um yeah you enjoy the break and I'll don't go nowhere I'll be right back hey 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 how was y'all's break hope it was very productive hope you got some stuff done on your to-do list maybe add some other items to your Netflix queue maybe cleaned it up Maybe your YouTube queue. I'm not going to tell you which queue to look at. Um, let's see. Where were we? Where did we leave off? With, let's get back to Brad Pitt. Let's start making some headway with this Brad Pitt action here. 1999. Here's one that I've seen. Being John Malkovich. He plays himself uncredited. Now I know what that means. Used to not know it. Finally looked it up. This was an early episode when we looked this up. And we figured out that it means his name did not appear on screen. So that's why it says he's uncredited. Although it appears in his IMDb credits here, on his filmography, his name does not appear on screen. There you go. Um, oh, just heard, I think I just heard Noah get home, um, <laughs> my roommate heard the beeping, the beeping of the door, Being John Malkovich, this is an interesting movie, a puppeteer discovers a portal that leads literally into the head of a movie star, John Malkovich, literally, the correct usage of the word don't see that often <laughs> you don't see the word literally in the plot description uh raid r r 113 minutes comedy drama fantasy oh yeah john cusack we talked about this one back in episode 15 it's a good movie it's one of those weird movies who directed let's see who directed being john malkovich what if it was John Malkovich? That'd be funny. <laughs> uh, Spike Jones, Spike Jones. Very good. Uh, I heard this. 
anecdote about Spike Jones. Oh, I think it was from the episode of Stand By Your Band that I listened to yesterday, Aerosmith. I think they were going to call Aerosmith Spike Jones. I believe that's what that's what I heard. <laughs> Don't quote me on that, but I think that was one of the working titles of Aerosmith is Spike Jones, which is kind of confusing, but I because I remember learning that fact yesterday, and I listened. I definitely listened to Stand by Your Band, one of my favorite podcasts. Stand by Your Band. Uh, yesterday. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> I don't know. It's a New York City podcast where comedians defend bands that they like, that people often make fun of and give them grief for liking. It's a really funny podcast. Tom Takar and Tommy McNamara. Tommy Mac. All right. 1999 Fight Club. This is one of the movies that people identify with Brad Pitt, I would say. Tyler Durden. Oh, I remember, was it? It was sophomore year of college at Western. Definitely watched this movie in the suite. And my buddy, Chris Soler, he lived in one of those suites where him and his roommate were in one room. And then they shared a bathroom with three other rooms. So there were eight people sharing one bathroom. <laughs> and uh, it was disgusting. Eight dudes, one bathroom. It was a mess. They had, I remember they had a poster. They had one of those Sports Illustrated swimsuit posters in, in their bathroom. Not the Chrissy Teigen one. Like I had. I had the Chrissy Teigen. <laughs> um, let's see. But yeah, I definitely watched Fight Club. I remember Adrian and Torben. That's a unique name. The only person I've ever met named Torben. But they were I think they were huge fans of Fight Club. I think they said that was their favorite movie. If I'm yeah. Yeah, that was it. We had oh man. That was when Hookah they were hookahing a lot. That's oh, that's like the only t- period of my life where I ever really dipped my toe in hookah, which is oh my gosh, not good. I've heard statistics that it's the equivalent of like thirty cigarettes or something. I don't know. I don't know how accurate those stats are, but. I don't like hookah lounges either, or hookah bars. They're just super foggy, just filled with this fruity, it's always fruity smoke. And there's always just a bunch of couches. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of hookah bars. I've only been to probably two. I went to one in Everett. Uh, (laughs) Everett. Not a, it's kind of not a sketchy area in Washington, but it's not known for being a really nice area. It's uh, it's north, north of Seattle, north of Bothell. Um, I have friends who went to 
community college there, and they played baseball on the community college team. And their apartment was kind of in a rough part of town, I think. I mean, it probably is not that bad, though, looking back. They weren't, I mean, they weren't downtown anyway. They were south, south of downtown, I think close to the community college there. Ryan Morgan, Kevin McShane. I can't remember if Mitch Vida lived at that place or not. But definitely Kevin and Ryan's place. But what was I <laughs> now now I'm like, what was I saying about them? What was I saying? Oh well, that's okay. Anyway, Fight Club. An insomniac office worker and devil may care soap maker form an underground fight club that evolves into something much, much more. That is so now I I'm still trying to remember why <laughs> now I'm like, why was I talking about Oh my god. See, this is what happens when you're... You need a producer. You need someone to... To bring this train back on tracks. I'm just like... I'm gonna do this at least a couple times each episode. <laughs> I'll just be talking and then... Wait a second. What was I talking about, though? What was the point of what was I saying? That's okay, though. I did not remember... I totally forgot that part of the movie. Where he's... A devil, I mean, I do remember him being devil may care. It's kind of a fuzzy, funny framing. A funny <laughs> phrasing. Framing. Soap maker. I don't remember him being a soap maker. I thought that was just a weird, weird thing on the movie poster. Where he's holding a, he's holding a piece, he's holding a soap, a bar of soap, and it says Fight Club on it. I thought that was just a... <laughs> I'm still trying to remember why I was talking about going to Everett, going to, let's see, going to Everett. I was talking about Fight Club. Man, I think I was just, maybe I was just talking about sketchy area. I don't know. That's okay. Whatever. <laughs> What's the, that's no, no biggie. Um, Let's see. I have heard, I've heard of people who, who have been members of fight clubs growing up and whatnot. Places where they agree to fight people. I mean, they're friends, I guess, but I don't understand that. I've never been, I luckily, I look at it as, thank goodness that I've never, never, uh, <laughs> been in a fight that's such a good thing I mean never a real fight um never punched anyone in the face never been punched in the face but I just I don't really believe in it you know (laughs) I just don't see the point of it like why would you want to join a club where you punch each other in the face you risk you risk a head injury you know, like, you never know what could happen when you're in a fight. It's super dangerous. And you're just doing it voluntarily. <laughs> you're doing something that most people go out of their way to avoid. The thing that most people only do if they're super drunk or, like, at a bar or something. Or, I don't know. It's just such a crazy thing. 
It's a, it's a weird idea. I don't know why. I think some people... Oh, I, I just thought of what it was. <laughs> or this might be part of it. Some people just... Oh, this is such a weird, low self-esteem kind of thing. Some people kind of want to be punched in the face, I think. Oh my god, that's, that's super dark. <laughs> Sounds like the the Joker in Dark Knight or something. But, yeah. So, some people want to see the world burn. <laughs> but also, some people like... Um, they just want to feel the pain, I guess, of being punched in the face, maybe? I don't really understand that. I mean, I've never got into that. I've never felt that that pain, that like internal pain where I'm just like, someone just punched me in the face right now. Yeah, it seems like you have to be in a... I mean, I'm, I'm sure I could get there someday, but thankfully I've never, never wanted to be punched in the face and it's never happened. But that's yeah, that's a dark thing. It's a dark. It's a dork. A super dork. <laughs> a super dork. The dork knight. All right, two thousand. His only movie in the year two thousand. Brad Pitt plays Mickey O'Neill in a little movie called Snatch. I have heard of this one, but I've never seen it. Who else is in Snatch? Benicio Del Toro. Dennis Farina. Did Dennis Farina pass away? Yeah, he did. July 22nd, 2013. Passed away. The age of 69. Dennis Farina. I think he's... What's he most famous for? Um, What is... Now I'm on Dennis Farina's filmography. I, I guess I'll just... Google, Google, Dennis Farina. Let's see. He's. I know he's known for some TV show that I never watched. Uh. Oh, he's a former Chicago police officer. Real life. Oh, Law and Order. Okay. Yep. Law and Order. Never watched it. Really, never watched it. Um. Brad Pitt. Okay. Oh, Jason Statham. Jason Satham's the man. He's we might have to do an episode for him. Maybe I don't know. He has too many British movies. <laughs> I think this is a British movie too. Yep, Guy Ritchie. But not that I don't like British movies, but I haven't seen almost all of them. I've seen Train Spotting and then uh what's um the the train the transporter that's the other the Jason Statham one I've seen that I think that's a British one but yeah that's all <laughs> yeah that's all I'm sure I've seen a couple other famous British movies um I've never seen the the trip that Steve Coogan Steve Coogan and Rick Ricky Gervais I believe but Oh, my cousin's listening, or not my cousin, my roommate Noah, he's listening to some, sounds like Chance the Rapper, maybe, on the old TV, on the Spotify, 
I can hear it through the door. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, but I'm not a big British movie person. Just haven't seen many. Let's see what Snatch is about. It's a comedy crime. I did not know that this is a crime. Rated R, under two minutes, unscrupulous boxing promoters, violent bookmakers, and Russian gangster, incompetent amateur robbers, and supposedly, supposedly Jewish jewelers, jewelers, fight to track down a priceless stolen diamond. Diamond. It's a diamond in the roof. Um, that one, oh my god, that one Rihanna song. Shine bright like a diamond. <laughs> Shine bright like a diamond. <laughs> that's such a, god, that song will just get stuck in your head. I hadn't even, I haven't heard it for months, but it's already stuck in my head. Just, just because I brought it up. Shine bright like a diamond. 2001. All right, let's try to get that song out of our head. 2001, The Mexican, Jerry Welbach. Does Brad Pitt play the Mexican? Does he play the... Is he a Mexican guy in this movie? I mean, I guess he... <laughs> I mean, he could just put on some uh, tan, like some orange Jersey Shore stuff, I guess. Hop in the tanner. Maybe he does play the main character. A man tries to transport an ancient gun called the Mexican. Oh, the gun is called the Mexican. I thought Brad Pitt was the Mexican. <laughs> okay. Now we're just having having fun over here in a Star's Born HQ. On the second floor of the Coffeehouse Apartments across the street from Washington State University. I forgot to mention that. It's 3.49 p.m. It's a beautiful day. Gorgeous day out there today. Icy blue skies. Probably. It's warm. It's like 75. It's a nice day. By Pullman May standards. But yeah, Brad Pitt is not the Mexican. The gun is the Mexican. Believed to carry a curse. Curse the Bambino. Curse the Mexican Bambino. Back on one of my back to the border. While his girlfriend pressures him to give up his criminal ways. His girlfriend, Julia Roberts. Also starring James Gandolfini. J.K. Simmons. What does J.K. stand for? Let's see that. That'll be fun. I bet it's John Ken. I bet I bet it's John Kenneth. That's my prediction. What do you guys think? All right, here we go. I'm looking at... Oh, I was close. <laughs> I just got so excited right there. Jonathan. So you could say that... You could say I was correct with John. And then I was real close here. You guys aren't going to... What do you think the K stands for? Yell it out. Wherever you are. On a plane or a train. A bus or a walk. At home, at work, in the cubicle, on the where do you where where do you work? On the beach, maybe your lifeguard. <laughs> maybe you shouldn't be listening to a podcast if you're a lifeguard. You should probably 
have an ear out, listening, see if anything bad's happening out there. See if you need to save anyone. Uh, maybe just have one earbud in. Um, that's my recommendation. But one of my favorite movies, though, one of my favorite recent movies, then I'll tell you what the case stands for. <laughs> but one of my favorite recent movies is a lifeguard movie. It is Staten Island Summer. Staten Island Summer. It's uh, one of those SNL movies, kind of. I mean, not officially an SNL movie, but unofficially. It's on Netflix. You can add it to your Netflix queue. But it's a lot of SNL people in it. And I think uh, Lorne Lorne Michaels produced it or whatnot. But it's a great movie. Stay in. Stay in Island Shema. All right. Did you get your guess in for K? Yeah, this isn't even a name. This isn't a first name. You're not going to guess it. Uh, I guess Ken. Kenneth. It's Kimball. Sounds like a, a dog treat. Like kibble. Kimball? What? That's not... I've never heard of... It's almost like Kimball Slice. <laughs> Kimball Slice. Instead of Kimbo Slice. Wow. He went to, you'll never guess, guess where J.K. Simmons went to college? It's close. It's it's pretty nearby where I'm sitting right now, here in Pullman, Washington. And it's, uh, it's definitely related to stuff I've talked about. My travels, my road trips in the region, to visit family. Um, that's right. The University of Montana. The old, the Grizzlies, the Grizz. It's interesting. Um. Okay. So it looks I'm reading his Wikipedia early life bio right now. He moved all over. He's. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he was born to be an actor. Even though. Even though this movie came out thirty years after he was born, still, still. We talked about it in the John Cusack episode. Uh, episode 15. It's one of my mom's favorite movies of all time. Gross Point Blank. This is a great movie. I watched this movie with my mother. Um, it's, I, I was sitting on the, the old blue recliner. Up in, up in my parents' room upstairs. We watched it on their undersized... TV, probably only like 26 incher maybe, but it looks small, it looks a little small when you're sitting <laughs> kind of far away from it, but I'm, I'm, not ta- I'm not trying to talk trash about my parents' TV, that's okay, get whatever size TV you want, I'm Lorraine Newsom, <laughs> Lorraine Newsom, what did I say about Lorraine Newsom and the Mooses? Oh, she's from Moose Heart, Illinois. Lorraine Neeson. That's an old, an old character. <laughs> I like how I call it a character. Yeah, it's a character from the podcast. From a, a past podcast. Um, Yeah, you're probably like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you have to listen to the past episodes for that to make sense. That Lorraine Neeson. But yes, 
Um, J.K. Simmons was born January 9th, 1955. So he's 64. Born in Gross Point. Michigan. I love it. Gross Point Blank. It's a great movie. Uh, Jeremy Piven is in it. I just listened to Jeremy Piven on the Adam Carolla show. He was a pretty interesting guest. I think <clears throat> he's one of those people who gets a bad reputation. Like I've heard I've heard rumblings <laughs> and I'm not in the loop. I'm not like in the in the grapevine, in the Hollywood grapevine, but I don't know, even I've heard things that Jeremy Piven can be a jerk or something, stuff like that, <laughs> but I'm not trying to say, like, I've never met the man or had any first-hand experience, but I'm just talking about all the stuff I've heard, but that just didn't seem true, though, on the podcast, on, when he talked to Ann Corolla, Jeremy Piven seemed like a he seemed like a super nice dude, super, super cool and motivated and just willing to share information about about his success story, about his hero's journey, <laughs> about how he got to where he is now. I like that. I I like anyone who's who's like excited to share uh, like tips and advice and uh yeah based on their experiences like um yeah those are those are great people those are giving people uh those people who who want to see the next generation succeed um what's that old saying rising tide lifts all ships i like that saying like just cuz i think that's especially true for um, writing and podcast, oh, podcasts, especially what you're listening to right now. I mean, the more podcasts there are, the better it is for podcasting in general. Because you might think it, you might think it's bad mathematically. Like if you're a mathematic genius or some sort of whiz, but <laughs> that wears a purple wizard hat uh, with a question mark on it. But no, I don't think so. I think I think more podcasts means it just it makes it more of a mainstream thing, more well known, and then more people find out about it, more people start listening, and it just keeps growing exponentially. I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think it's a competitive thing where like. I'm competing with some other podcast, you know? <laughs> a Star is Born is not... Yeah, I'm saying it here. You heard it here on A Star is Born. That this podcast, A Star is Born, is not competing with any podcast. Or any... Except for A Star is Born. Itself. <laughs> you know? It's just... It's like the old saying. Like, you only... You just gotta compete with yourself. Uh, try to... Try to... Defeat, try to defeat yourself, you know, beat the old version of yourself, better the old version of yourself, I guess is a better way to say it, but, yeah, I was going to say, I guess A Star is Born, <laughs> the only thing A Star is Born is competing with is A Star is Born, the movie, <laughs> I'm coming for you, coming for you, Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga, 
Lady Gaga. It was kind of funny watching her on... I, I was actually watching the Golden Globes. That was the night before I uh, I left to come back here to move to Pullman, actually. To move back to Pullman, I should say. That was... What was it? It was just January 14th or 13th. The middle of January. Probably... Well, yeah, it's almost four months ago now. But... Yeah, that was that Sunday night, that Golden Globes, 2019, Lady Gaga. She, I can't remember who on stage, it might have just been, excuse me, it may have been Margaret Cho and Andy Samberg, who were the hosts, but they were talking smack about A Star is Born, I think they were just making fun of the movie, some quote, but I haven't even seen the movie yet, so I gotta see it, but... Lady Gaga just yelled out from the stands. She, because they were quoting, I think the quote was, oh yeah, the quote was, um, if there's a hundred people, or if, what, what was it? Like, if you're one of a hundred people and just one person, like, likes you or something like that, it's, or maybe if, you're, it's it's like one in a hundred. Yeah, that's what it was. It was one in a hundred. But then, so they're making fun of that quote. And then Lady Gaga yells out. And uh, Bradley Cooper's just sitting right next to her. And um, they were having some, man, it, it's weird. Like, it definitely looked like Lady Gaga. This sounds like, <laughs> this, is, this is turned to like TMZ all of a sudden. So all this Hollywood gossip. All of a sudden, but I think this stuff can be kind of entertaining, kind of funny sometimes. I don't get super serious about it, but I think it's kind of funny. It just looked like, I don't know, Lady Gaga was was talking so intimately to Bradley Cooper. Like, they definitely, (laughs) I think, and the weird thing is I think both of them are married, or at least have partners. So... I don't know what's going on there. I don't know. But they definitely looked like they were... They were like reading each other's minds or something. Or communicating with each other... Via some sort of Elon Musk technology that he's going to create in the next 20 years. But anyway. Margaret Cho and Andy Samberg say that one in a hundred quote. And Lady Gaga... She's, she just yells out, it's true. But I, I liked it. I thought it was, I liked how, how, um, what's the word? Spicy? It was spicy. <laughs> lady Gaga seems, she seems like a cool, a cool, fun, a fun lady. She's fun Lady Gaga. Um, yeah, she's just like, it's true. She just yelled out, just interrupting the the speech but I liked it I liked her her boldness all right <laughs> all righty let's get back to where were where were we here 2001 oh in honor of the mexican let's read here's another recipe from cooking the fast way called uh this is vicky huff this is in honor of the Mexican K 
killer chicken enchiladas. One pound of chicken breast cooked and shredded. 16 ounces of cream cheese softened. One small can of green chilies. One package of flour or corn tortillas. 10 ounces can of tomato soup. 16 ounce jar of salsa. 8 ounce of shredded cheese, cheddar, Monterey Jack, or blend. In a medium bowl, combine the chicken, chilies, and cream cheese. In center of each tortilla, place approximately a quarter cup of chicken mixture. Roll up and place seam side down in 9x13 pan. Use additional pan if necessary. Mix together tomato soup and salsa. Pour over enchiladas and top with cheese. Bake at 350 degrees for 30 minutes or until heated through and cheese is bubbly. I like that description of the cheese being bubbly. That that paints a good picture. I like it when, I like it when my recipe paints a picture. It's one of my requirements for my rest of please. All right. <laughs> 2001 Spy Game. Spy Game. Tom Bishop. I was just oh, I was thinking Spy Kids. That was a great movie back in the day. I was a big fan of Spy Kids. I was probably like fifth grade or something. They made like four of those movies too. It's good stuff. Those were good movies. Hundred. If I watched it now, I'd probably, I I might think differently. Oh, I also liked Inspector Gadget. I think that's the name. That was the name, right? Inspector Gadget. That one, or Detective, I think it was Inspector Gadget. He was like the detective dude who had all the cool tools and weapons built into his his body. That was a good one. Uh, what's Spy Game? Rated R, 126 minutes, action crime thriller. Retiring CIA agent Nathan Muir recalls his training of Tom Bishop while working against agency politics to free him from his Chinese captures. Captures. I think the Toronto captors are going to win the East. <laughs> okay, some NBA humor. Uh, 2001. Oh, here we go. Man, I'm just a little sorry. Sorry if I'm a little distracted right now. But it's because my, di- my digestion system is... Uh, Digestive system? Not digestion. It's digestive system. Feels like it's on a treadmill right now. It's going through a workout. Because I ate maybe seven, what was it, seven or eight cheese sticks. So I was at Walmart earlier this afternoon. And, um, yeah, those cheese sticks, man, they're they're bulky. They're beefy. (laughs) They're bubbly. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god I've never heard, heard anyone describe cheese sticks as beefy but they were they were huge god they were huge and <laughs> just too much too much cheese I'm, I'm still a young person so I can handle all this cause I honestly I don't eat the greatest I'll have McDonald's I just had McDonald's on Monday and then I save it and eat it over three days. I made this McDonald's last me three days. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. 
That's that's how you what's it called? Uh, ration. I'm rationing my McDonald's. McRationing. <laughs> These are my, my McRations. <laughs> okay, okay. Back to work. 2001. Friends. Great show. Make sure to listen to the Friends episode. Friends Ladies episode. I didn't talk about Joey, Ross, and Chandler. Um, only Monica, Rachel, and Phoebe. But anyway. Oh, this is funny. <laughs> Brad Pitt plays Will Colbert. Or Colbert. But I'm going to pronounce it Colbert. Because I like to imagine that he's Stephen Colbert's cousin. That's funny. That's funny. 2001. Ocean's Eleven. There we go. Here's a big one. Rusty Ryan. What? His name is Rusty Ryan? That's very descriptive. That's a funny nickname. <laughs> Why would that be in this IMDb page? It seems like they could just Giving him a last name? No last name. Maybe all the people in Ocean's Eleven had nicknames. I'm gonna check. Let's see. Because it was like a spy operation. whatnot. Rusty Ride. Um, lockbox. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> looks like... Looks like one of the guys' nickname was, was Lockbox. So... Rusty Ryan, though. That's a that's a rough choice right there for nicknames. Rusty Ryan. Ocean's Eleven. Not really one of my favorite movie franchises. I just can't... I'm so distracted by the nickname of Rusty Ryan. It sounds like a disgusting sex move. Or like... Like some dude named Ryan. He'd be like... Let me give you the Rusty... I'm gonna give you the Rusty Ryan. <laughs> It's gross, man. Get your mind out of the gutter, dude. Alright, 2002. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Oh, I saw this movie. He plays Brad, Bachelor Number One. That's funny. His character's name is Brad, but he's also Bachelor Number One. Hmm, I wonder if that's when Brad Pitt was married in real life. Was he married to Angelina during that time? Maybe that was some wishful thinking. He's <laughs> he was hoping to be a bachelor. Let's see what Brad's marriage timeline looks like here. Brad's marriage timeline. Oh, he was married to Jennifer Aniston first. Sorry, I was mistaken. Of course, of course, he was married to Jennifer Aniston before he was married to. Speaking of Friends, that's when he was on Friends. Oh, it all makes sense now. That's why he was on Friends. Because he was married to Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> like, and that's not the only reason why he'd be on Friends. But They had some famous guest stars at the time. Paul Rudd. Doug Benson has been on Friends. My mom calls it Bloomies. <laughs> Alright. That's Doug Benson's line in Friends. Jennifer Aniston. So he was married to her from 2000 to 2005. And then, wait, he just divorced Angelina Jolie in 2019? Wow. 
just recently. 2014 to 2019. So he must have been he must have been not enjoying the marriage with with uh Jennifer Aniston at the time. He's <laughs> Brad Bachelor number 1. He's like, "Can I just add that to my biography <laughs> to my character's name?" I just want to add the bachelor part. Just just be cuz I want to play a bachelor just for fun. All right, you get. This was a pretty good movie though. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Sam Rockwell plays Chuck Barris. Drew Barrymore is in it. I I like Drew Barrymore from my favorite, well, obviously Fever Pitch. Like I talked about a few episodes ago from my parents, or I guess it's my DVD collection now. These are my these are the DVDs I chose for my collection. So, yeah, I like Drew Barrymore from Fever Pitch. But I also... Another Drew Barrymore movie I really enjoyed. We talked about it in episode 11. The Adam Sandler episode. The Sandman. 50 First Dates. That's the one where she has amnesia. And they keep going on the first date. I think it's in Hawaii. Hawaii. I really like that one. That's a that's a good that's one of my f- I'm gonna go overboard here, but it's one of my favorite rom coms. I was <laughs> not not one of my favorites, because Fever Pitch is a rom com, so that's one of my favorite. that is my favorite rom com. But Fifty First Dates is definitely up there top ten probably. Um, let's say here, Zombieland, kind of a rom-com. There's some, yeah, Zombieland, I would say, is, I would say it's rom-com slash action, but you can have a rom-com action movie, that's for sure, that's for sure. Alright, so what's, let's read about Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. It's rated R, 113 minutes, biography, comedy. It's a comedy. Crime. Adaptation of the cult memoir of game show impresario Chuck Barris. In which he purports to have been a CIA hitman. Oh yeah, this movie gets intense. I'm not going to spoil any of it for you. Also because I can't really remember because it's been so long since I've seen it. <laughs> can't remember. I watched that one downstairs. Down in the basement. On the on the little TV down there. That's back where my old room used to be. It's where my dad's office is now. I mean, my parent my parents will have moved out of this house soon. In a month, so... By the time you listen to this, they're probably gone. They're probably in Spokane. But, yeah, my room used to be where my dad's office is now. So, it was tiny. There was only room for my bed, and then my shelf, my bookshelf, and then my dresser. And you could probably walk maybe five steps. And that's all. (laughs) And I had a curtain. I had this kind of, yeah, I was just called a curtain. It really wasn't, it wasn't beads. That would have been cool. <laughs> like, like going into the, 
adult section of the blockbuster. <laughs> Go through the beads. But the last blockbuster in the world, I just heard this, is in... Guess where the last blockbuster in the world is? Pretty close to a Star is Born HQ. Close to where I'm sitting right now. Not, not really close, but fairly close as far as international, as far as the whole globe goes. The last blockbuster in the whole world. It's, it's got to be a museum. It should be part museum. That's for sure. That'd be awesome. <laughs> oh, they should never close that place. Just turn it into a museum. I would love to work there. I would definitely work there. Because this city, or I would call it more of a town, town slash small city, it's it's up there in one of one of the places I would like to live in my life sometime. Sometime in my life I would I would like to live in this city. And not cause it's the not cause it has the last blockbuster in the world. Although that is one of the reasons, I guess. But it would be cool to work at the museum to be a curator. So anyway, the city is <laughs> drum roll please. Get your guess in right now. It's in the south, the state south of where I am right now, Bend, Oregon. Yep, Bend, Oregon, right in the center of Oregon. It's actually a big, fairly big city, about 100,000 people. So I think it's about the size of Spokane, where my parents are moving. In Spokane, if you're listening and you don't know, you don't know Washington State geography, is about it's about 75 miles 80 miles north of a stars born hq in pullman washington <laughs> i'll just yeah i just use a stars born hq is that should be on a map like pull it up on your google maps or on your yeah on your uh whatever you call it. yeah google maps right <laughs> yeah right google maps right the old street view. Damn. Just drive by the apartment. It just says a Stars Born HQ. Drive by the coffee house. That'd be funny. I love the name the coffee house as an apartment. Because it just suits me. Because I'm a big I'm a coffee fiend. I'm a coffee phenom. <laughs> I'm a, I just love it. Just right when I said it, right when I started talking about it, I already know. That I'm gonna make a cup of delicious creme brulee coffee from. All right, here it is. I just picked it up at Walmart the other day, because uh, like I say, Walmart's really the only good place to shop in Pullman. Because I'm not a big Safeway person, and I guess you got IGA Dismores, which is an IGA thing, but. They're overpriced, and they don't have super great quality either. It's not like a Whole Foods. So, and I think Safeway, I'm not a big fan of Safeway, really. But I go there for gas. I just got gas today. Just picked up some gas, 325 So, pretty expensive. I mean, I bet it's so much more in uh, California. California. Down in LA, just the whole state of California. I I bet it's hovering around four. Oh my god, 
which is insane. That just boggles the mind. But yes, I picked up creme brulee, great value coffee, and I must say, sorry to launch into a Yelp review, but it's delicious. I love it. If I had to give it a rotten tomato score, or a rotten coffee beans, rotten coffee grounds, I would say 92%. Zombieland. I'd give it a Zombieland. 92. <laughs> I'd give it the old Zombieland. It was... I like it. I had a couple cups this morning. And I'm definitely going to make make some more. After, after the podcast. After I finish recording. In the old French press. I love my French press too. If you guys are looking for new, fun, fun and exciting ways to to spice up your coffee, your coffee life, <laughs> tired of going to Starbucks, tired of getting those those milkshakes and frappuccino and cappuccino and snappuccino, all the chinos, Al Pacino <laughs> at Starbucks. There should be there should be a little. Like a little sucker, like with the Al Pacino head. You know how Starbucks has those uh, little candy suckers? They should have one that Al Pacino. It would fit in with their whole cappuccino, frappuccino, you know. But I, I got tired of Starbucks, I must say. And I don't even do that crazy stuff. I just do the iced coffee. I always ask for light ice. Uh, some I used to do no ice. That's when I used, I was bolder. I was more bold, more courageous. I think I did that with my... I was with my mom. We were getting coffee. We were at Starbucks. And I asked for no ice. And she just got so embarrassed. <laughs> I was like, why? It's such a weird thing to get embarrassed about. But I think she she thinks that I was asking too much or something or being a difficult customer maybe but I think it's a reasonable thing to ask for because I don't want to log a complaint against Starbucks even though I do because it all comes back to the Seattle Supersonics my favorite sports franchise of all time which if you don't know already the reason why the Sonics left Seattle is because of Starbucks specifically the Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz, who sold the Sonics to Oklahoma City businessman uh, Clay Bennett. So uh, it's not Clay Bennett's fault. I don't like it when people try to blame Clay Bennett for moving the team to his hometown. Of course he's going to move the team to his hometown. He bought it. That that totally makes sense. If the commissioner allows him to do it, if the league allows it to happen, which is the second person I blame, David Stern, the NBA commissioner at the time, back in 2008. <laughs> I don't want to get on my soapbox here, because I've already talked about this enough, extensively, but I love the Sonics. The Sonics are my favorite team. I like the Mariners. Now the Mariners are my favorite sports franchise, but the Seahawks are obviously up there. But the NBA is my favorite league, so... It makes it only makes sense that 
the Seattle team, the local team, would be my favorite. But they left. I was only 15, just turning, just turned 15 when the Sonics were done. They had just finished their final season in April of 2008. So, yeah, that's that's like a ridiculous thing because Seattle has such a great like basketball history and. I don't want to talk too much trash about Oklahoma City because it's not Oklahoma City's fault. Like, you got to hand it to them. You, you got to give them a team. If They're going to get They're going to take a team. They're going to take what they can get, you know? Of course they're going to take a professional sports franchise if it's offered to them. So, yeah, I don't blame Russell Westbrook or Clay Bennett or the Oklahoma City Thunder franchise. I don't even associate with the Sonics anymore, though. I think those records should be totally separate. I think everything should end in 2008 for the Seattle Sonics. And then Oklahoma City Thunder should just go on to starting 2008-2009 as a completely different franchise, you know. <laughs> if you're not a sports fan, you're probably like, what are you even talking about right now? <laughs> so boring. You were just talking about coffee. Coffee's my favorite. Yes, I love coffee. Definitely recommend the creme brulee. If you're going to go great value, go with the creme brulee. I'm going to try one of the other ones, a couple of the other ones. I don't know what else they got. They got probably cappuccino, frappuccino flavored or something. I just liked creme brulee so much more. Than the mocha flavor. The mocha flavor wasn't terrible, but I'm talking mocha, the great value coffee mocha flavor. It was alright. It was more like a more like a 77% on the rotten co- coffee grounds <laughs> scale. But yeah, not as good as creme brulee. And I think creme brulee, this one, I like it even better. This is big. This is saying a lot here. Big statement. I liked it even better than Don Francisco, which I used to like. I used to talk about how much I loved Don Francisco's coffee. Just that was early, early Stars Born episodes when I was on the the Don Francisco tip. But now I'm on the creme brulee tip, and it's, it's a delicious tip. Uh, oh, here's another completely random memory here. Uh, I guess not completely random, because I did mention her earlier. My old black lab mixed with a Keyshawn doggy Athena, who passed away sadly <laughs> uh, in August 2018 on the floor of our, I guess it was the floor of our kitchen, just right in front of the stairs. But yeah, that was, man, I woke up to that that morning. That was a rough thing to wake up to. I th- I was the first one to found her too. I was the one who woke up and just I, I like how I sound like I was bragging about it. I found her. I found her first. <laughs> I found my dead dog. <laughs> but no, I was definitely like crying. I was just like, no. <laughs> of course. If you dude, can you imagine? There's almost that's super sad. Just walking out in the morning and yeah, she was having a rough you could tell that she was on her last legs. 
and then just walking out there and finding a good old Athena. But yeah, she poops too. She, <laughs> the rumors are true that you definitely, everyone poops when they die. You lose control of your bowels. Yeah, she left a nice, at least it was, here's her final gift to, to us, the Arneson family, is it wasn't like a soft, this is, this is gross, but it wasn't like a mushy, gross poop. It was just like a hard, like hard as a rock. It was like, it was like a little, like, you know, those mini footballs. It was kind of like the mini footballs, but I usually don't like to get crude and talk about this lewd, <laughs> gross stuff. <laughs> Wait, lewd means sexual. I think lewd means sexual. Crude. Crude means just gross. But yeah, I usually, I usually veer away from poop talk, but this is dead dog poop talk though. This is, this is that's totally different. Come on, man. But yeah, that was a rough morning. Just waking up. That was right. I was mowing lawns. I would go. I think I mowed a lawn that I mowed lawns that morning. I had to be in Seattle by eight, so I was leaving at seven probably, or right before seven, to go to Ballard, go to the office, the lawn office. But yeah, Athena memory. Um. Oh yeah, that's also when we made the the paw print. I would definitely recommend anyone with any listeners out there, any y'all uh, with animals on their last legs. Um, it's super sad when it happens, like dog or cat. And if they have a paw, you can use um, before they pass away. If you know the end is coming soon, because um, you can usually tell. Sometimes you have to take him to get put down, but sometimes it just happens, like it did with Athena. But hope that <laughs> someone's using a lawn. Uh, speaking of mowing lawns, someone's using a leaf blower out there. I think maybe you can hear that. I don't know, but yeah, if your if your animal's on its last legs, make a paw print. Make a little a little paw print card and then laminate them like make a bunch of copies of it and laminate them and it's a nice little memory that goes along with some people keep their dog's collar uh yeah my parents kept athena's collar but i like the paw print because i have this card right now i'm holding this little card it's so cool it's like a little piece of athena it's we use black ink and yeah because she's a black lab appropriately um black ink for black labs it's, yeah i like it <laughs> but i kind of i don't say i gotten over but yeah like the first couple months are rough but then you remember all the good times that you had with your your doggy and it's not the same as like losing like a person like a family member you know of course I'm not I'm not going to be one of those animal enthusiasts who compares uh I don't know are those are there people who think that animals lives are more valuable than humans? I think that that's the thing. There's some people who like animals more than people. And um but I don't know. This I I never I don't I don't like it. I don't like it when that happens, but I do like of course, I'm still a fan of animals. What am I trying to say here? <laughs> I'm just trying to say I'm not a member of PETA. 
not a card-carrying member of PETA, but I still like animals. I'll still tune into the Animal Planet. Alright, <laughs> made it through that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was saying, have some good memories. Reflect on the good memories that you had with your dog or your cat. And one of those good memories that I had with Athena was playing uh, fetch. Like She wasn't a golden retriever, so she didn't go crazy for the fetch. Um, she usually quit after probably 10, after 10 throws or so. But I'm sure looking back, I'm sure she lasted longer in her earlier days. You know? Yeah, I mean, when she's a puppy, I bet she... Yeah, I mean, of course. Dogs, she slowed down, though. I remember she slowed down when she was probably nine years old, which would have been... Let's see, she was born June of 2003. So it would have been 2012. I was a sophomore in college. That's when she kind of started to slow down. But, yeah, we used to play fetch a lot in the backyard. Also at William Penn Park, which is just right down the street from my parents' house. And that's where we would use... I would break out the old chuck it. I would definitely recommend to you dog owners out there to pick up a chuck it. <laughs> that sounds like the slogan for chuck it. Pick up a chuck it. Um, <laughs> chuck it. Bop it. It's like the game bop it. Bop it. Chuck it. Then, remember that old game? Then you just throw it. <laughs> that's how you break. That's how you break the game. Bop it. That's how they get people to buy more bop it games. They just make the move. Chuck it. They just throw the game. <laughs> oh my gosh. Bop it. That was one of those games. Sorry, I veered away from talking about the tennis ball with Athena. But bop it was a game. Kind of like Simon Says. So it would be like, bop it, and then you would hit the bop it thing, and it'd be like, twist it, and then you twist the thing, flick it, you flick the thing, and then pull it, and you pull the thing. Those were the four. So I would think that would be funny if one of them said chuck it, and then you just have to throw it, and then it just breaks. <laughs> You're like, well, got to get a new one now. I had a good run. <laughs> that's, how, that's how they indicate that you have to get a new one. Like how, how like an iPhone or something. <laughs> it might stop. It stops working. That's when you know you have to get a new iPhone, or you have to update. Man, speaking of iPhone updates, I just keep ignoring mine. I just keep saying, "What? Like remind me later." I think I've missed like five updates. <laughs> but I don't know. Doesn't I think it has to be plugged in? And I, I could probably. I could probably check that out after the podcast. That probably is <laughs> probably not something that you guys are interested in hearing about. But what you are interested, maybe, you dog lovers. Man, who's not a dog lover? I think if you've looked at statistics, if you took a census, I don't know about the whole world. Because, like I was saying earlier, how some, I mean, some people eat dogs like that's some cultures they eat dogs so and that's that's like accepted so i think maybe maybe they're not as beloved as they are in the united states in uh, north america and whatnot so i'm trying to say but (laughs) what was i trying to say i was trying to say let's just say united states 
I bet 90. We're not counting allergic. Because if you're allergic to a dog, that's out of your hands. You can't control that, you know. That's, that's, um, yeah, that's something that you might like dogs. I'm sure there's some people who like dogs. I bet the people who like them the most, the people who love dogs the most, are the people who are allergic to them. <laughs> that's just how it always, it always ends up working out. They're just, they wish they could have three golden retrievers, but, but they would have to go to the hospital if they ever came within 20 yards of one. But I think, so out of all the people who are eligible to be dog lovers, they're, they're not going to get sick and die if they come near one. You know, they're not allergic or they don't have a fear. I guess you could have a fear that could be part. But I would say, I'm going to say 80, 80%. I want to say 80% of the people in the United States would say that they like dogs. They're pro-dog. Definitely a higher percent than cats. I think only, I would say only 50, every other person, every other person likes a cat. Not even less. I'm going to say 45. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'll go 45, 44. Let's go, let's go for, for fun. For double number, <clears throat> only forty-four percent, I think, of of Americans. I <laughs> like. I'm just making up statistics. Um, I'm just making up subjective stats. I would bet forty. If you went door to door, United States, and asked someone, and asked the person, "Do you like cats? Are you pro cat?" Only forty-four percent would say yes, but. 80% would say they like dogs. That's just, that's so weird. Dogs are so much more lovable. But I also, I think it's because dogs give so much more love. Cats don't give love. Cats are withholding. So people just like being loved. <laughs> you know, they like receiving love. But then there's a small fraction of people who... They like just kind of hanging out. Like having a cat, it's just kind of just hanging out with like another roommate or just a buddy maybe. Not even a friend though. Because cats, I don't know. <laughs> cat, My cat doesn't really like me. I don't think Kitty likes me that much. I think every time she sees me, she forgets me. Or She definitely plays tough to get for the first few days whenever I, whenever I see her again. Whenever we reunite, but she's she's moody. You know, she's very moody. Very, it's like she'll scratch you, but she definitely won't scratch you. She doesn't scratch first. She'll only scratch you if you're messing with her, if you're if you're poking at her or trying to like pet her too hard or something, or trying to pick her up if she doesn't want to be picked up. But even then, you got she's got scoop. I used to be scared of cats. That's that's for sure. I mean, I was I don't know what the turning point was, but I just figured out that you kind of have to just ignore cats to <laughs> to earn their approval. You have to give them the cold shoulder. But this is <laughs> some hot dog and cat talk. But yeah, anyway, 
good memories playing Chuck it, playing tennis fetch with Athena at William Penn Park, playing with the old Chuck it. You probably need about maybe 50 yards, half a football field tops of space to Chuck it. But you could throw a line drive. You could throw it shorter if you really wanted to. I'm just trying to think for distance. You might be able to throw it more than 50 yards if you really stretched it out there. That'd be a fun Olympic event. Oh, that'd be awesome. That should definitely be a part of, oh, on Cheap Seats, the old Sklar Brothers show, where it was on ESPN Classic, the comedians, the Sklar Brothers. They used to watch old sporting events and make fun of them and kind of just talk over them, like uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000, that kind of style. But they did these dog competitions. What were they called? I can't remember what they were called, but some sort of mutts. Not mutts. <laughs> they could be purebred, but some sort of dogs competing, doing weird, running through obstacle courses. Oh, almost like a muddy buddy for dogs, you know? <laughs> like they're running under the barbed wire, running over the wall, catching the frisbee, going to the beer garden, <laughs> the doggy beer garden. Um, Yeah. And that'd be fun. Right, that's what I was going to say. That'd be awesome if one of the parts, one of the activities was Chuck It. That that should definitely be one of the events. The only thing, <laughs> that's actually more of a measurement of the dog owner's skill than the dog's skill. Because the dog doesn't really have any control with how good you are at maneuvering the Chuck It machine. So, <laughs> I guess... um. Ooh, let's do the Mares update. Mares are playing right now. Their game started top third, 0-0. Zero, zero. No hits for the Red Sox yet. Top of the... Oh, yeah, we're still top third, so I guess they've only... They've only been at the plate twice. Who's pitching today? Oh, Swan... Oh, it's one of those young guys. Eric Swanson. He's 25 years old. I consider him young... He breaks um, the boundary being young because he's younger than me. <laughs> so I can I still consider myself young. He was born September 4th, 1993. Same year as I. It's a few months younger. Um, Let's see where he played ball, though. Let's see if he's... Is he homegrown? Is he... Fr oh, yeah. He's all manners. Uh, we drafted him. Oh, Oh no, the Texas Rangers, our bitter inner inner divisional rival. <laughs> if you could have the only bitter rivals, and I guess there's some bitter rivalries in baseball. I misspoke. There's baseball, some good rivalries. You got Cubs, Cardinals, Red Sox, Yankees, Phillies, Mets. There's a, those are a few good ones. Oh, Giants, Dodgers. That's a good one. Um, oh, and then baseball has the brawls. God, those baseball brawls are insane. Like <laughs> the one, a funny one is a guy just he he kicks the catcher and then he charges the mound. That's one of my favorite ones. I like that one. And then there's the one where the dude charged the mound with his bat 
with his baseball bat. That was a crazy one. <laughs> oh, I think that guy went to jail. Man. Baseball is such an old school sport though. How they they kind of just allow they just allow the brawls. It's almost like it's not quite on the level of hockey, but it's, it's somewhat somewhat comparable to hockey. And not re- nah, that's not true though. Cuz baseball guys they get suspended for fighting. And hockey guys don't get suspended for fighting. It's just part of the sport. <laughs> it's just built into the game. But, yes, Eric Swanson's pitching for the Mariners right now. Drafted by the Texas Rangers in the eighth round, 2014. And he made his professional debut. This was exciting for me because Spokane, for the Spokane Indians, 2014. That will... That will be the baseball games my dad will be going to. Spokane Indian Games. So, no more Mariners games. That was one of the perks of living in Bothell in the Seattle area. I love going to Mariners games. I think Safeco Field. I refuse to say its new name. I'm I'm only going to call it Safeco Field. That's that's one of the one of the rules of a Starsborn podcast. Along with, always be honest. Do not speak of, do not speak of the rules. So, I guess I'm breaking the rules right there. Um, what was, what was the third rule? Uh, coffee is delicious, and baseball is a fun sport. <laughs> and then the fifth rule. The fifth one. Um. Yeah, you gotta stay near. Oh yeah, wait, what was the fifth rule? <laughs> no, I always just like forgot the fifth rule. No, it was um. Do not say the name of the new Seattle Mariners baseball stadium. I will not say it. I refuse to say it, even though, despite it being the carrier for my cell phone, <laughs> I still will only call Safeco Field. I like how the fourth rule. Was baseball is fun. That's, <laughs> that's such a. I gotta think of a better rule. Um, oh, that's what one of the rules was. Always stay hydrated. That's what one of them was. That's right, of course. I think another rule should be. Um, I should write these down. I should definitely be keeping track of these. Um, so, wait, the first one is. <laughs> First one, um, honest. And then second, do not speak of rules. And then, which is similar to Fight Club. Um, Brad Pitt. Third, let's think third, stay hydrated. Four, um, I'm going to say four is take, take breaks when needed because I don't want to I don't want to burn myself out work too hard I, I mean I like working hard though but I'm saying I just want to be able to stay refreshed and be on top of the ball for y'all oh that rhymed and then <laughs> fifth is do not say and then I'm just gonna I'm gonna write down the name of it but I'm not gonna say it do not 
<laughs> I underline do not, just to make sure that I emphasize, do not say this, that, that name of that stadium. But yeah, I, I definitely got to take breaks when needed. And speaking of which, uh, I think I should um, take a break when needed. Now seems like a good time. When we come back, uh, more hot Brad Pitt talk. Rock chalk Brad Pitt. <laughs> All right. Very good. Um, I'll be right back. Have a good break. <laughs> 